0: No! You're listening to On the pole Podcast with your poll sitter, Earl. Hook to it and just jerk it off. And outside Front Row, Derek Carpaletti. That is shoving the hot dog Woo! in the bun right
1: there. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the On the pole Podcast. As always, I'm the poll sitter, Earl. I had to say that nice and slow. Make sure everybody heard it. On the poll sitter, this is a poll related show. And uh, yeah, so we're going to go over the Daytona 500 in this episode. It's a Tuesday episode instead of a Monday episode because of, uh, well, I'm sure anyone listening to this knows we had a wet weekend in Daytona and uh, most of the week got rained out. We had excellent duels, but uh, yeah, Saturday and Sunday was a huge letdown. And then we even, I was afraid on Monday that things were going to happen after the Xfinity race got moved. But all in all, the races went down and we're here to record this podcast uh derek i'm gonna welcome outside front row derek to the podcast now and uh how's it going derek
0: oh it's going pretty good you know there's one thing in life that i always thought i could trust and that was larry max daytona 500 countdown um he was wrong he should have added overtime to that thing yeah so we we had big plans we had sunday we had it all set up we were gonna have um Meatballs, uh we had the beast nasty nasty beast on hand at the house, um chicken wing dip, the whole bit. Uh then we get the heartbreaking news at ten AM that they're just canceling the race. Um so I'm stuck with like forty five meatballs. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a huge tragedy, honestly. Yeah. Um but people try start the, the weekend. F- yeah, for sure. I had to drink all that nasty beast myself. Jeez. Um but we were able to you get are the uh, a nasty beast. I'm the nastiest beast. <laughs> um, but we were able to uh, to get things moving and they and got to start running the race on Monday. I was stuck at work for the first 20 laps or so. Um, I jump in the tr- well, it probably wasn't 20. laps, probably like four laps because I got in the truck uh, lap six. I hear Jimmy Johnson was involved in a wreck. So I instantly teared up it looked like that indian from those old commercials just had one single tear run down my face oh my god <laughs> it hurt twice as much we were you know petty
1: blue car and jimmy johnson it was that it was one of the storylines i was looking forward to
0: the most about the 500 mm-hmm. yeah and he showed so much promise in the uh well kind of well and the end result didn't look like he showed promise but he did show a lot of promise in the duels um but then almost got beat by uh j a j j what is it what's his name
1: <laughs> <laughs> j j it's funny you're yeah. pretending not to know j j Ailey. like j j <laughs> the craziest story because he went from such high highs and he's just been around forever
0: well i was thinking and i was like i kept wanting to say j j haley but was that justin haley's original name it
1: was that sounds yeah. too
0: fluent yeah
1: yeah, it, I think that he switched to using Justin so that they wouldn't mix up. But I think there were races in his rookie year in the truck series where he was J.J. Haley. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's a good factoid. So the 500 went off and uh William Byron in the number 24, Exalta Hendrix Chevrolet Camaro ZL1. It was a Chevy, by the way won the Daytona 500. How does that feel being a growing up a Jeff Gordon fan and everything like that? William Byron won the 500. I mean, what, what was the excitement? What was the
0: feeling? Um, I know I'm probably supposed to feel it's like a, a special warmth being like the 40 years on the day. William Byron wins his first hundred twenty four car, the flames, the whole bit. But I honestly <laughs> I, I felt, I felt nothing, you know? Um, <laughs> I think William Byron, he's a tremendous talent, and I was happy for him, Hendrick the whole bit. But like Hendrick, like the drivers now just don't have the same the same feel that like when a Jeff Gordon would win or a Jimmy Johnson would win or even even when Dale Junior would win. They just I don't know, I don't know maybe they do it too much. I don't know, but um, yeah, just didn't really not have backwards that. enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I would like to say that maybe they're too boring, but I mean, Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson were also pretty boring people, so I don't know what it is yeah, that uh, makes them, it's just not the same. Even when Larson wins and, you know, Bowman wins, um, I mean, Bowman is pretty pulseless most of the time anyways, but
1: (laughs) I feel like people uh, like
0: to say Bowman doesn't have a personality,
1: but that's his personality. He's the only guy <laughs> in the field that's that is like that. Who's just
0: what dead on the inside. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I was more excited when Ross made that move, um, for the win there. But I mean, we'll we'll circle back to that. But yeah, it was cool. So I was watching uh, before you give me your take on the the HMS win. I was watching Jeff Gordon um, walk through the grass, like talking to people. I I just wanted to mute the TV and put my own like uh, <laughs> commentary over it of like, what's, what are those NFL YouTube videos where they, they voice oh, over yeah, with bad lip reading, yeah, yeah. bad <laughs> lip reading NASCAR edition. I just pictured him with out there with his double chin. Like, so does this mean we get cake tomorrow? Cake in the shop? Are we ordering <laughs> pizza? Is there a pizza party? <laughs> you know, I'm like, like, a whole stuff. two liter of Pepsi. <laughs> So, so what did you think of the all the way that all unfolded? Hendrick won two forty years, yeah, 24, I mean, 48.
1: William Byron winning the five hundred is great. I, I'm I'm proud of William Byron. Happy for William Byron. I don't have to be proud of him. But I like William Byron, and you know he's going to make a great Daytona five hundred champ. It really feels like it's his time to to be champion. He won all those races last year. Now he's got the five hundred championship and. I feel like he's the star at Hendrick Motorsports right now. I know it's supposed to be Kyle Larson. It's supposed to be Chase Elliott, but Larson kinda of had a down year for Larson standards. And Chase Elliott, obviously, with the injury and everything. William Byron's the guy holding the torch right now. He's got the big crown jewel wins. I think he won the six hundred last year, right? So um, I think Ryan Blaney did. Okay, so yeah, Willie B won it the year before, I believe. He'll so, win it this year for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I liked it. I really liked it. And the race overall was just good. Like, there sure, there was a big one and there was a small wreck here or there, but it was a good yeah. race. And there wasn't a lot to call out because they were they were jogging for position. And the wrecks that did happen were just kind of uh, incidental racing incidents kind of stuff. I mean, Keslowski's out there, so you can only do so much, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good I would hate to say it was uneventful because it was uneventful for the most part, but it was also like uneventful for Daytona standards. But it was a lot of pack racing, a lot of passing, there was there was pitch strategy. Um, you know, there was a little bit of drama with like wheels almost falling off and such. But over like the whole package as a whole was a phenomenal race, really. Um Daytona typically has that that period period like half the race where they just ride around the wall. Uh, you didn't really have a whole lot of that um yeah they tried a few
1: times and weren't able to get the line moving i saw a single yeah. line break out and it only took five laps or so and somebody was charging back to the front
0: yeah and um there was there wasn't any real chaos i mean there was a big couple of big wrecks which are gonna happen um but it wasn't like one every 15 laps um and i think that that's what made it like a good race even though there wasn't any huge storylines really throughout the race. Yeah. And I mean, there were
1: storylines throughout the race. They just kind of came and went so fast, you know, like. Who would you say overperformed in the day 2500? William Byron went home with the big trophy, but a lot of people ran up front throughout the day, which helps make a statement going forward into the season. Like, who do you think overperformed and maybe underperformed throughout the 500?
0: um, overperformed, I would say Corey LaJoy. Yeah. Um, he's pretty much constantly in the top five, top eight, the whole race. Um, like again, didn't do anything incredibly dumb. Um, he almost looked like he belonged there for most of the race, um, which was refreshing to see. I know Corey, LeJoy sometimes he gets in those situations where he doesn't, I don't, he, I feel like he also doesn't feel like he belongs there. So when he gets in those positions, he, Tries too hard and then does a lot of stupid things. Um, that's why I feel like was surprised to really see, not not to see, but see him there for the longevity of the race, like he was. Yeah, when he
1: when he arrived in the top ten there in the last fifty laps or so, he was stayed in the top ten. I think mm-hmm. people are starting to trust him as a pusher.
0: You know, yeah, he's definitely a good giver, not as much of a receiver. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. What did you um, think of Ryan Blaney's big move there?
0: I don't remember what it was. All right. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> yeah. He. Uh, yeah. Well. He. He pitted, and uh, the rest of his team only needed fuel. Right. One of those first pit stops. So he kind yeah. of lost the draft, and he took that some sort of way, and said that he wasn't going to be working with teammates in the race. And then it came down to I think stage two, the ending of stage two, I believe. Is that right? Is it stage one? Yeah. I think it was stage two. Um, and he comes out to turn four behind Cendric and just uh drops down, goes by him and takes the stage win. Which was yeah, awesome. Because awesome. Ryan Blaney's Ryan Blaney's been screwed so many times in, in uh type or spicer and with his other <laughs> He team even bites. got screwed well, earlier on too. Or yeah. later on. So that was that was pretty cool to see. Um Ryan Blaney overall throughout the whole weekend kinda of had a um kind of a miserable five hundred weekend when you when you wrap it up in a nutshell. He took some hard hits, he gave some somewhat angry but personality filled interviews, which I love. I think now that he's a champion, he feels like he has a place. Um not well, that he didn't have a place before, but he has more uh I guess leg to stand on with his opinions. So I'm hoping to see more yeah. of that throughout the year. Yeah,
1: he might just have a little more confidence and swagger walking around with a champions patch on there. Yeah,
0: and and we know like in his in car interview or interviews in car audio, he uh he's a very fiery person, but you don't always really see that outside the car. So I'm hoping we get a little more of that, a uh, little more of that action.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. I, he's definitely growing on me. It was towards the end of last season, and then obviously with the playoff execution and then winning the championship it was an enjoyable championship. So Ryan Blaney, you know, he's starting to sort of starting to kind of come around to the idea of liking Ryan Blaney. And then this was a strong week for him, both the way he talked and the way he ran. And then, as you said, though, he, uh, he got screwed anyway. You know, he took, he took a hard hit just like he always does. First they broke his neck and they broke his wrist. <laughs> and then we're going to send him right back to Atlanta next week to do more taper space or Yeah. <laughs> Um, That's another conversation for another day, whether we should still be tapered spacer racing or not, but we'll table that for next week.
0: (laughs) I heard, I feel like there's like a protest against calling it tapered spacer racing. Now I heard like everyone in any proper interview was just calling it super speedway racing. Yeah. I like plate racing better than
1: super speedway racing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like tapered spacers. More honest. It's a tapered (laughs) spacer. So, We're not restricting anything here. This is unrestricted.
0: <laughs> the raw. Um, so, my 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 choice of overperformer in the race was Corey Lejoy. What did, what did you think? I think overperforming, and if you could call it
1: overperforming, was uh, Joey Logano, who had a down year last year, and you know he's a really good restrict or uh, tapered spacer racing He's a good tapered spacer racer. It's a hard one. We're gonna have to really get that down. But yeah, Joey Logano spent a lot of time out front, and uh, you know we know he he's uh, the people in the field that can control two lines without wrecking the field. We're running out of them, and Joey Logano is one of them. So as much as I don't want to see Joey Logano win races, it just it's underwhelming to me. I feel like he him being out front after the season he had last year and everything was big. So, you know, Joey Logano, I'd say overperformed because he's just been kind of quiet
0: for so long. Yeah. His, even in his like post uh, interviews, like I think you mentioned it earlier, earlier in the day when we were chatting, uh, he didn't really have like that big doofy smile. He was just kind of uh, ho hum about things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was very like, somber for joey normally he eventually throughout the interview he breaks out and I'm like <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good short track racing so you you asked who i thought overachieved in the race um and we we both got our our opinions with uh joy the gano the joy um but i think who didn't overachieve but definitely had the best car and 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 a guy who came through the field multiple times, went through controversy, didn't melt down. Um had to have been Kyle Bush, in my opinion. I'm not surprised yeah. about anything. Congratulations. <laughs> 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 oh
1: my god. I can give see his face. With that microphone. <laughs> I miss I missed when Kyle Bush was the bad guy. Like that's what's yeah. different about NASCAR right now that I really miss. Um. Yeah, he ran so good. I see the eight car out front, it was green this week, and uh, it's uh, some sort of nicotine gum or pouch. I don't know. And they're, yeah. they're, it's something that, that makes you have nicotine. It's a nicotine uh, delivery system.
0: Yeah, I saw it had like <laughs> but, a surgeon. Uh, the car, side of the car had a surgeon general warning on the side of it.
1: <laughs> Jesus. We got to move the number up so we can fit more inappropriate sponsors in that big section. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kyle Busch ran so good, which is so, so, you know, I'm glad it was him and not Danny that was up front for the majority of the race. And that, like I said, Kyle Busch being the bad guy was so fun. Yeah. uh, God, I miss, I just miss heel Kyle Busch.
0: So he, he went through a lot of, um, a lot of ups and downs to the race. I mean, they, they, he did a whole pace lap without a lug nut on the left front wheel. Um, yeah, I think there was another pit issue at some point in the race. I know he had to go yeah, back. Pretty sure and... he was caught up in the big one. Was he? Yeah, like, but he didn't take that much damage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he he went to the back of the field numerous times throughout the race and came back with ease. And could lead lines, pull lines. He could make runs on his own. Um, he definitely had a car that was probably built for Dale Earnhardt.
1: Yeah, <laughs> RCR. I mean, they still know how to bring tapered spacer cars
0: like to this day <laughs> um and then one other guy that i think um showed just tremendous speed was denny hamlin um looked like he rode a lot in the back saving fuel maybe trying to miss the wrecks i'm not really sure but when he wanted to he'd go to the front three four laps from the back to the front of the field um might've actually probably been the best car or he's the best at it. One of the two. Uh, But those two guys definitely stood out amongst the field. As far as I'm concerned with just pure speed or, or maneuverability um, with the, with the new package. Yeah, I would agree. I didn't want to
1: give Denny all that credit. I was trying to give it all (laughs) to Kyle, but yeah, Denny ran good. I just, uh, yeah, I just disliked Denny so much at this point that when he's leading, I just ignore him. Yeah. Go do something else. Okay. No, <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So, who
0: underperformed? Who who didn't really do it? Who didn't do it? Uh, yeah, Corey the Joy. Oh, underperformed altogether. Uh, underperformed. Yeah. I'm like, just, who I'm disappointed? Just used to the... Who was supposed to do better? I'm just used to that you being know? my default answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, Corey LaJoy is so like up and coming, but at the same time doesn't have great statistics that he could be the over or the under answer
0: for most questions. He could be the both in the same race. He's a wild card. <laughs> uh, but underperformed. Another driver that checks that many boxes. Oh, yeah. Underperformed. Um, I'd have to put that uh, with the whole minus the sitting on the front row um, is the the front row team. I mean, they're the restrictor plates is their jam. has been for a decade now, um, and they really weren't really weren't factors. They got caught up in the wrecks, and it was kind of just a disappointing. I expected a lot more, especially from Michael McDowell. Dowell, um, just that whole team. They this is this is usually their jam. Now I guess you can add road courses to it, but yeah, they just weren't really there. And when they were, they were in the wreck. So kind of a letdown. Yeah,
1: you're right. I did not even thought about that. Todd Gilliland led a, a couple, you know, a decent chunk of laps, I believe, somewhere in the middle of stage one or two, mm-hmm. and which was impressive. But you're right. I had sort of like even before the big one broke out, they were mired back in traffic. I didn't see them up front very much. Yeah. There were a lot of Fords up front. Yeah, so yeah. You're, yeah, You're absolutely right. I'd For- say way For- underperform. Go, <laughs> Go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. Well, they got that anyway. Yeah, so my underperformer for that for the race has got to be. Uh, first of all, I'm biased. Daniel Suarez, you know, Suarez ran up front for a lot of the race, and he just kept choosing the wrong lines. At least from my perspective, I'm a fan and I'm watching him constantly. Um, you know, he got third in stage two, but I felt like had he stayed with his partner, I don't remember if it was Chase or if it was Willie B, that he would have had an opportunity to be second and pull out at the last moment. But you know, there was an instance of that. And then with about 13, you know, or 14 to go, Ross was out front leading and Sorez had the middle line under control. And he had an opportunity to get up in front of Ross and try to make a line. And that didn't, you know, he didn't do it and got dumped back. You know, obviously, like I said, I'm biased for Soras, So another underperformer is going to have to be Jimmy Johnson. It mm-hmm. sucks to have to bring up seven times Jimmy Johnson, but, uh, you know, it, the duel, he just got caught up in a wreck and it looks like it's not of his making. But then early in the 500, the same kind of thing happens. And, and you feel like Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, these guys spend a large chunk of the race staying out of the wrecks. So it's not like he doesn't have the ability to be in a different place and ride in a different part of the pack and avoid the wrecks. And it just kind of sucks that he didn't even get an opportunity to race or, you know, be a part of the finish when it came down
0: to it. I feel like. I would be interested in seeing a stat of how many laps Jimmy Johnson's actually completed since he's ran for Legacy. I feel like more times than not, yeah. he's involved in a very early wreck. Yeah, and
1: then he goes back out there and runs laps, and he's running like 10 or 11 laps down.
0: Yeah it's
1: almost like he genuinely likes driving the race car but doesn't want to compete you know what I mean he's like you know what I'm just gonna show up and we'll get caught up in a thing and then I get to go out and drive for fun it's no big deal like if I want fresh tires I'll put on fresh tires and I'll pass cars all day long
0: <laughs> <laughs> um the other guy you mentioned was uh was was Daniel or Danny boy yeah uh, he do you think part of that has something to do with like the communication barrier I'd imagine he's been around long enough that 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 shouldn't be a problem still but i mean like you said he got in the wrong lines made the wrong moves and that's happened for years um do you think do you think that's something to do with just communication in general yeah i
1: do um i've been a fan of his since he won the xfinity championship i jumped on his bandwagon you know i jumped on the pole reference (laughs) i uh but no, he. I always felt like he would have benefited from having a spotter that can speak, uh, that can speak Spanish. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, Keep if going. his spotter speaks spoke Spanish, I feel like uh, the communication is going to be quicker. He's going to be able to understand what's happening around him so much faster than having to translate what he's hearing into English. And it's the same with his crew chief. If he needs changes in the car and he's trying to say, you know, I'm loose, I'm tight, like. I've always wondered, did Soares have to learn to stop saying understeer and oversteer when he got to America? Like, I don't know how Central America does it with racing etiquette and if it's loose, tight, or if it's understeer or oversteer. But um, stuff as little as that, that's probably what hurts a lot of those guys is having to literally learn how to talk about the car all over again and not be able to figure that out. And so, yeah. not just communication between him and his spotter not speaking the same language but communication between the one car and himself as well yeah Sorez and ross are both out for themselves and they're both very proud of it
0: yep and speaking of ross what do you think of that what do you think of that move that he made at the end of the race there (laughs) it's an awesome move it's obviously going to make a great commercial
1: highlight (laughs) you know but with them all spinning down the infield and everything but I feel like he had the move executed and he just cut low too soon. I think that as soon as Byron spotter told him the ones inside middle and, and, you know, and he's three wide top that Byron was going to give him room and Ross tried to take, you know, the dive to the bottom, all in one move. I don't remember who that was underneath him that he spun off of, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think he had enough time to make the move. It was a great move. And I think that if he had just gone middle and waited one more second and then went to the bottom, not only would he have gotten past Byron, he would have had help behind him. Well,
0: from the the perspective that I saw it from, he had a huge run from whoever was pushing him. and they were closing up on uh, Byron and Bowman super fast. There really wasn't really a good move to make. He couldn't really, even if, he led up. I feel like he had so much push coming from behind him, he wasn't going to really be able to stop the momentum. Up top, I feel like wouldn't work, because I feel like that's just going to be a block wreck that we've seen over and over again. And that opening between the middle lane and the bottom lane was just big enough, and he was going, and he was going to fit. But I think where it went sour was, Cendric was the car below him. He was also getting pushed. And when he got pushed, he kind of got fishtailed to the right a little as as Ross was going down. And I feel like it was just horrible timing for both those things to happen. And then, you know, they both went around.
1: Yeah, either way, it was a great move. And I really wanted Ross. At that point, Ross was the person I was cheering for to win the Daytona 500. I want Trackhouse to win the Daytona 500. I mean, we're both pretty big Trackhouse fans over here. and. uh Obviously, I'm a Sora's fan. You're a Ross fan, but it was exciting, right? I mean, to, to have your driver in. I mean, it was you. You're the Ross fan here. What was that like with one more lap to go? Your driver had a shot. It went in a great
0: American race. If if that even if he didn't win, but that pass would have worked going through the level, I probably would have just got up and ran straight through the wall of my house. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was exciting. That's one thing Ross never uh, leaves on the table is excitement when he's in those positions. Oh yeah, yeah, I like watching Ross. I it was the a great race. I liked it when uh when Ross and uh when Dan Ross and Daniel are out front working together, sort of, um, and you just had the bag boys up there. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs>
1: what are you gonna do? <laughs> food. I've eaten at Wendy's like three times in the past like two weeks or something. Now. Oh. The sponsorship doesn't work.
0: Yeah. I I love the yeah. uh the pretzel baconator.
1: It is. I almost turned my back on the pretzel baconator, but you are the one that sold me on that. Because oh, yeah. it's soft. It's gotta be soft. You can't yeah. eat a hard pretzel bun.
0: That's annoying. I hope that uh I mean trackhouse so not to get into like just a food conversation, but um, Wendy's got into the sport somewhat heavy ish last year with uh, Noah Gregson, and Noah's a super good spokesman. Well, like this kind of for uh, for sponsors, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like he's really good with engagement and pushing product. Um, I mean, he's good for sponsors. He's not good for himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like Trackhouse kind of has taken the Wendy's. They're not. A, I guess they're going to be a primary in some races, but like they've taken it and they've done so much social media with it and and promotion with it, and they got the the bag boys merch out, which is pretty sick. Um, I would love to see like some kind of in store um, activation with Trackhouse um, at Wendy's. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you haven't seen a like a fast food like that. What that much of a. Like a tie-in since, like Dale Earnhardt with Burger King and uh, Bill Elliott with McDonald's, um, and there's been plenty yeah, those, of those little number twenty-seven cars. Yeah, and there's been plenty of um, like fast food sponsorship in NASCAR since then. But those since those mid '90s runs, um, you just don't really see that activation. So it'd be pretty neat to see to see that tie-in, and if anyone could pull it off, it's Justin Marks. Yeah, I agree. Because everything he seems to touch is being
1: revolutionized in some new, exciting way. They've got a MotoGP team. and mm-hmm. You know, I used to go to trackhouse.com a lot to like look at merch or kind of see what, you know, see what was going on. And it changed. If you type trackhouse in, it's not trackhouse international. Oh, really? It's just a worldwide media like con- conglomerate or company. Or, I'm not really sure what the phrasing was. Mr. But Walton. yeah, like it's Trackhouse International now, and then you've got to click to get to the race team, like <laughs> out of the different categories of what Trackhouse
0: is. So it grew that fast. I'm surprised it's international and not worldwide. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I like it. It's so much fun having like the pit bull thing and everything. Like I watched a little bit of Rain lake coverage. He's got the hat with the one and the ninety nine on. Oh
0: yeah. It's cool. Oh, I like having Pitbull around. Speaking of pre-race, what did you think of uh, the Rocks' electrifying start to the 500?
1: It was awesome.
0: You know, like
1: it's not the best start to the 500, or I mean, the best start to a race I've ever heard. But it was definitely, it was really good. Usually, well, okay, so it's like fifty-fifty. We get people that are just like, drivers, start your engines, please. Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> and yeah. So like the Rock, the. <laughs> the rock bringing the uh
0: you know what is it what does he say that electrifying <laughs> he was electrifying yeah. for sure amazing i, I yeah. like so i tuned on it tuned in on it on uh, tv at work before i left and uh he was on pit road getting interviewed in this big leather jacket and then i flipped back real quick before i headed out to the truck and that's when he was doing the uh gentleman start your engines but he instantly he had no leather coat and he had the he looked like a just a straight Guido. He had the black tank top on <laughs> flexing it up. He had he had me going. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, the rock was out with the crowd. <laughs> with the rock is cooking. I wish he would have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know
1: yeah that was that was an amazing It was an amazing race, like well, you and I talked about it, like the race itself played out so well that it was hard to sort of pick out what happened and everything like that. So at the end of the day the the biggest disappointment I have with it is the one lap being kind of robbed at the end, mm-hmm. you know I, I, it's for a good reason and everything, but when they come off turn four, you think, I'm getting one more lap of racing. I had to wait all weekend, I had to wait through all this rain, I had to wait through this winter. I had to wait through just everything, and then yeah, white flag comes out and the race is over before they even get to turn one. I was really disappointed.
0: Yeah, and that and and I mentioned like I had no real emotion either way when William Byron won, and that's probably not completely fair. I feel like some of it, yeah, like you said, was just like the deflation of not seeing the ending. With no doubt, NASCAR made the right call. I mean, there's cars sliding back up onto the track. You can't race back to the line those those conditions, but yeah, it just kind of hurt my heart a little bit to not see how that last lap was going to play out.
1: Yeah, this is definitely one of those situations where I'm not I'm not walking around being like I wish they'd do it this way, I wish they'd do it that way. We've had enough of that the last 10 years. They made the right call. But obviously, you know, it's going to feel tough, you know, only getting uh, 497 and a half so yeah but uh that's not the end of tapered spacer racing though no (laughs) next week we're going to atlanta and uh for those who haven't heard atlanta is now a tapered spacer track they went and they put tapered spacers in the corners they put tapered spacers (laughs) in the grandstands they put tapered spacers in the driver's fire suits so it's gonna (laughs) be a dangerous race
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah Tapered spacer and Oh my goodness. Wait, wait. You can you can cut down on the wind resistance on exit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. get 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 the drag out of there.
1: <laughs> uh onto the wind tunnel.
0: You say who's my pick for Atlanta?
1: Yeah, I mean, who who do you think I, I you know, who do you think's gonna win and who do you think is gonna overperform again? Atlanta's a little different than Daytona. You gotta really work with your track
0: position because it's not as it's more narrow. Yeah, you know, narrow's not as good as wide, but <laughs> it's better than length, I guess. Not what I heard. i <laughs> <Someone's laughs> um, lying to somebody. So I know last week I picked Kyle Busch to win the 500, and I was damn near close. Um, but with that being said, tapered spacers, Atlanta, Kyle Busch. Um, I think he – I feel like – he knows his choices of tracks to win on are, are probably pretty limited this year. Probably eight, nine tracks that he has a real chance of winning. The rest in the right circumstance. But I think like Atlanta's one of them and, and with the speed they had at Daytona, you know, there's a little more handling evolve, evolved at Atlanta. But I think um I think Kyle Bush is gonna be right up in that mix. Um, to take the win home, he's my number one pick. If I had to have a a tied for second choice, um, Corey Lejoy, uh, he had speed at Daytona, he's had speed at Atlanta before. Um, that's like my would be awesome to see pick. Um, and then tied for that, I guess William Byron going back to back wouldn't be that surprising either. But I'm gonna go with Kyle Bush. Yeah, that's a good pick.
1: Kyle is going to continue to be strong. Maybe you need plate track or not. We'll still have to see what all the teams have going forward. You know, my pick for Atlanta, I think, I'm going to go out on a limb for this one. I'm going to say Tyler Reddick. Mm.
0: Why do you say the that? Toyotas looked really good at Daytona.
1: And the Toyotas looked really good at Daytona. And Tyler Reddick, he's hungry. Atlanta's going to be a lot more of a handling-based track. Narrow track position's going to matter. I just feel like Tyler Reddick, that's going to suit him a little better. And uh, it's good. You know, obviously, you can't predict everything, but I think the race is going to move up towards the wall a little more than Daytona did so that they could serve the cars and log some laps. And it's not going to break out into an insanely huge pack. I really think it's going to kind of be a half-and-half half kind of race where, yeah, it's a taper spacer race, but you've got to be in the top 10 to get to the front. And so I think that Tyler Redick's going to be around that around there, running in the top five throughout the day. And yeah, I just have a feeling, you know? gonna unleash that nasty beast yeah he's gonna do it at some point so (laughs) it might as well be this weekend at atlanta
0: (laughs) well um i i wouldn't be surprised on that um he's he's good everywhere Um, so there's no no doubt about that and the one thing like rewind a little bit to what you said about you don't think it's going to be a pack um so atlanta obviously is going to age um and they, I believe, they kind of said like they don't really envision it to be a super pack type track as the track ages and and it gets more abrasive with tires. So handling is obviously going to come back into effect. Do you think that's going to happen in the near future? Or do you think that's going to be further down the road? I think it's going to happen sooner than people think.
1: Atlanta obviously was very, it was an abrasive racetrack before. And similar to Darlington, they've repaved Darlington a few times, but the asphalt continues to wear down to a place where it eats up tires. So it's not about the asphalt they're pouring or the way they're pouring it. I think that that area of the country, that's just the way that that track is eroding with the sand or the, the, you know, the whatever is in the air in West Virginia (laughs) and Georgia. (laughs) Darlington's in South Carolina, I guess. I'm sorry, West Virginia. But yeah, I I don't um. So I do think that within five or six years, the track is going to start to get abrasive, and it's going to behave like old Atlanta, because old Atlanta was super banked anyway. It was just so worn out that you couldn't run wide open. So I don't know. It's going to be even crazier than it was before once that surface wears out, and if they don't repave it, we're going to have a really good, you know, old school Atlanta
0: type tire wear
1: track back again.
0: Yeah, I'm kind Hopefully. of. I'm kind of hoping it'd be awesome if like. Early in a run, you get you get the pack type racing with the uh, you know with with the high high grip and and you run you know you got the fresh tires. But as they wear off, um, it'd be really cool if it starts as a pack run and the run kind of tapers off to kind of a slip slipping and sliding type run. Like if you could manage to package both those things into one race, I think that'd be the best race of the year. That's brilliant. <laughs> you're yeah. absolutely right they don't have behaved that way before they
1: repaved it back in i think 0708 or something like that mm-hmm. um yeah the lines you stay in a pack and eventually handling becomes so much of an issue that the lines break apart people can't take pushes or yeah that'd be amazing the biggest trick that you got to pull off there is getting them to not wreck so that tire wear does happen. Yeah. And they don't
0: just pit seven, eight times a race. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be the that'd be the trick for sure. You gotta let the race run out, run organically. Um so that way you're... Or you don't know caution. We're not gonna throw a caution for anything. We're just gonna turn them off.
1: Yeah, yeah, the caution light doesn't work anymore. <laughs> green only. Yeah. When NASCAR's going green it sells itself. <laughs> so
0: um I guess we have a game to play. Try yeah, try something I want to play a game. All right. Well, what I got for you, I got three quotes um, from over the weekend. I'm gonna read them off. Your job is to choose who said it. They could be out of context, okay. they could be controversial. We don't know yet. We're about to find out. We don't have a name for this. Okay. G- we don't have a name for the game yet. Um, but we will if this doesn't suck too much. Uh so first quote is it's a lot of fun until it sucks. Who said this quote during Daytona weekend? It's a lot of fun until it sucks. Well, and it was you know. not well, before you guess. And it was not, um, Ryan Blaney's sister after uh after the after the <laughs> yeah. the celebration after the five hundred. Yeah, It's sounds like something I'd say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, yeah. So it's a lot of fun until it sucks. Well, got to think of somebody who got caught up in a lot of wrecks. Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney looked like a guy who was having a lot of fun until it sucked, you know, (laughs) took a head injury. So he could have said anything, I guess, huh? Is that your pick, Ryan
0: Blaney? Yeah, I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. All right. It was not Ryan Blaney, and it was not Ryan Blaney's sister after the wrong hole was entered. It was actually Joey Logano. (laughs) That was his, uh, his reaction to how the race ended um with with the the kind of chaos wrecks at the end. Um frankly he was having fun until it sucked. I guess that's where he's coming from. Yeah he ran up front a lot I guess. So, so you're oh o and one um second quote is crew guys get your head out of your ass and stop fucking up. This was said <laughs> during the five hundred just...
1: Okay. I wanna just say Kyle Bush that's because it sounds like something. I just begged for old Kyle Bush, right? <laughs> and he law he had the wheel nut that that uh the tire almost came off, right? So yeah. Kyle Bush. I have to, like I want to believe it's Kyle
0: Bush. You're wrong again. You're close. Oh god. But Kyle Bush Kyle Bush. I feel like Kyle Bush is more calm now because he doesn't have to yeah. say things because this one was said by the boss himself, Richard Childress. Oh, okay. And he overrode yeah. overrode over- radio communications after that and uh that's what he said. And um I think he followed it up with saying, um, we have a chance we're gonna we would win this thing if you guys quit would quit fucking up. And and Kyle's <laughs> crew chief came on and said, Don't worry, we will. I feel like oh, uh-huh. I feel like they uh they treat Richard Childers kind of like a like a senile grandfather. Who like says a bunch of racist yeah, jokes all the time and long. you're like, Okay Bap Bap, sit down
1: <laughs> We're gonna win, don't worry. All right. We'll show you some trophies when we get home.
0: We'll let you pet the dead animals. Oh um, <laughs> yeah. He has that whole museum of dead animals. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we'll let you feed the bears. Alright, so last quote, see if you can get one or if you just suck this much. Um it was Neither. it was said post race, um, it's the last lap, and I've seen him do a lot of dumb shit. And we're not friends, so that's that. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take
1: contextual data from the podcast and say that that was Austin Cedric after Ross Chastain ran into him. You're close,
0: but you're wrong again. It's actually oh my goodness, it's actually Corey Lejoy talking about Austin Sendrick, Um, But in fairness, who hasn't done some dumb shit after a lot of margaritas from Chili's? Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Catch me outside. Catch me <laughs>
0: outside the Chili's. Uh, yeah. I mean, pe- things probably got weird Sunday during that rain delay, and uh, apparently Austin Sendrick did some dumb shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're not friends.
0: Yeah, clearly so. Not. <laughs> clearly not
1: friend. <laughs> that was also i wanted to go with ross and Cindric because they had that bkr relationship oh yeah i forgot so you know, when they drove for brachowski racing Yep. i feel like i feel like i can do the seven layers of uh you know the kevin bacon thing with nascar drivers but i got all the questions wrong know, <laughs> i can just i can tell you who's related to who all over the place all right well but, uh,
0: yeah, i don't know i think i think the game could be fun i think next week you should bring me some quotes and I'll bring you some quotes and we'll kind of do a little point up points, match up and, uh, and see who knows. Yeah. You can see it's not so easy. (laughs) Yeah. Seemed pretty easy to me. I'm three for three. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm picking the quotes. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, Well, all right, man. Yeah. It was a good
1: episode. Yeah. You want to wrap the Dale episode.
0: You want to wrap it up doing it for Dale?
1: Yeah. Doing it for Dale. All right. I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed that 500. Can't wait for next week. I know. I'll catch you there. Daytona 500 2.0. See you guys then. (laughs) Later.